0: Hey there, it's Robin Marshall, also known as Sugar Mom. It's been a while since we've spoken, and how do you explain why or what's gone on? I mean, if I asked you, would you be able to tell me in a nutshell? Hell no. So neither can I. But I'm going to try and hit on some things that are outstanding that have happened in the last year. It's just so hard when there's so many things going on in your life at the same time. You know what I mean. Let me start by saying my daughter is better. If you don't remember the story, first of all, the name Sugar Mom was meant for the purpose to empower women. To let them know there is no such thing as being wrong for wanting me time. We are all entitled. We've had so many bad things happen to us over the years. Look at what has happened within the press within the last two years, minimum. People finally opened their mouths and started talking, and I'm not going to get political here, but it's about time that women stood up and said what they felt, what they've been through, what's right, what's wrong, and had people listen. So we're getting there. My point is just to make sure you take care of you. You may have five children like me, but that doesn't mean you can't take care of you. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't possibly take care of them. At least not up here in the top of your head. I have struggled with ovarian cancer for seven years now, in and out of remission, and you know, I always say, just keep busy, keep yourself moving, don't let yourself look like you feel badly, dress up, put your heels on, put on your makeup, put a smile on your face. Nobody needs to know that you're miserable. And that's still my philosophy. But I do recognize now after seven years that there are days that I would rather not have to put on a show, be someone that I don't feel like being, stay in my bathrobe. (laughs) I've had that bathrobe for 25 years. (laughs) The only reason I won't throw it out is because my mom bought it for me for my wedding. Somewhere around that time zone, and it reaches all the way down to the floor, which is what I like, and it's terry cloth. See the way I sidetrack myself? But there are days now where, in the past, I would never give myself that break, never a bye. Robin, you don't take a day off because you don't feel well. You just keep on keeping on, girl. But that's not the case. And and I want to let you know that I may have been preaching that when I was feeling a little bit stronger. And maybe you can still do that. Maybe if your boss beats the shit out of you verbally, you can take it and just think to yourself, tomorrow's another day. But I'm not there anymore. I am at the point where If somebody looks at me cross-eyed, I will ask them if I've done something to upset them. And if they can't come up with a proper answer, I'll let it go. But if they come up with something that they said I've done, I will listen and I will try and make amends and I will fix if I was wrong. But if somebody looks at me cross-eyed for the wrong reason when there was no reason... I have no tolerance anymore. I just don't. I admit it. Even my husband, if he looks at me with the wrong face. You know that face. You know the one where he shakes his head at you? I've had men shaking their heads at me my entire life. But I'm usually the one that's right. <sighs> oh, It's just a monster to bear when you're a smart woman. And you're married to a smart man who's just a little bit more stubborn than you that can't stand the fact that you could be smarter than him on occasion. It's just ridiculous. But it's seven years that I've lived with ovarian cancer and I have been in remission for the last four months And it came back again, that son of a bitch. But I know how to deal with it. And I know what medications work. And I know what's best for my body, probably more so than my doctors. Because nobody really has an answer for a cure. It's just one of those ongoing things. So I know what to do. I know what drugs work. And if my doctor argues with me, I just look at them with that face. You know, like, really? This is me, seven-year me, and they throw their hands up in the air and they say, all right, what do you want? And I'll tell them, I know what makes me sick. I know what doesn't make me sick. I want half of this dose, a quarter of that dose. I'll do the IV. I'll take the magnesium. Don't keep me here for four hours because I'll make your lives miserable. Cut the time in half and bring me back in two more days for the other half. And they do it because they know I will make them miserable. And their nurses love me because they know that I know what I'm talking about and I don't have to rely on them to make these major decisions. It's been long enough. Lord have mercy. I just was diagnosed with breast cancer on top of everything. Now look, I am not sitting here looking for sympathy votes. I'm not looking for pats on the back. Truly, I'm not. I'm just telling you. I just came out of remission and I'm back on chemo. And now they find breast cancer? I mean, come on. When does a woman get a break? So this is what I'm doing. I am on half doses of the medicine for the ovarian cancer, I'm on some kind of anti-hormonal medication for the breast cancer to try and shrink the tumor because I can't have surgery on the breast while I'm on chemo. (laughs) It's it's like almost comical. (laughs) I mean, when the doctor told me, yes, I was upset. But, I mean, I expected to die three years ago. (laughs) So every day I have is a blessing and a bonus. Anyway, so this is what I'm doing. I'm taking both medications. I've come to the realization, the bloating, there's nothing I can do about it. Nobody else knows I'm bloated except for me. And you know that feeling when you feel like you have like an extra five pounds on you that you just can't shake the fuck off. And, you know, I've decided I'm going to take the clothes that fit me when I don't have cancer and put them on one side of my closet And I'm going to organize everything so that things that do fit me and I feel comfortable in now with all these meds in me will be on the other side. And I would even hang a sheet over the stuff that I can't fit into because I don't want to look at it anymore. It's a constant reminder that I'm back on this shit again. All right, so that's where I am medically. I feel fine. Nothing feels wrong. Nothing hurts. Yeah, I'm a little tired now and again but I think that I stayed away from podcasting because I just didn't know what to say to anybody anymore. I don't even know what to say to my kids. I tell them I'm fine because I don't have an answer for a cure or for how long I'm going to be around. Anybody could get hit by a bus at any moment, at any time. So how am I going to tell them, well, the treatment's going to work for another seven years or maybe another six months, I don't have the answers, so I just wing it, and I act like everything's normal, and then my husband will call them and say, you know, your mother is not going to make it. She's very upset. She wakes up in distress every morning. She hurts. She's in pain. She is deteriorating. When I found out that he did this, I wanted to kill him, but the thing is, He's the only one that can see when I'm in pain. And my children just didn't know it. All right, so now they know it. They can't stand him for telling them because they don't want to know it. They didn't want to know it. And now they've come to the realization that, okay, he said it. It's probably true. We know our mom. She never admits when she's down. And... I'm afraid to podcast because they're going to listen. You see, it's like I'm stuck. I don't want him to hear this, and I don't want them to hear this. But here I am talking to you, and I'm telling you, and I'm setting myself up for another disaster. Oh, this is me. All right, so the reason I even got back on is because something very odd happened In the last couple of days. Actually, I've had a few oddities happen in the last week. And one of them is I was looking for an attorney to get my affairs in order. You see how practical I am? I have a will, but then I thought to myself, I don't know if a will is good enough. I think I need a trust. So I started looking around and I realized how expensive attorneys were. And I said, you know what, there's got to be a better way. And I My husband, of all people, who hates to even have this discussion with me, says, well, have you looked at a paralegal? And I said, no, actually, I never thought of that. I found a paralegal via Thumbtack. This is no one I've ever met. It's just some person on the internet through Thumbtack. She answers my question. I'm trying to do this with the house. I'm trying to do this with the estate, blah, blah, blah. And so I go through the whole thing with her and, you know, we had a quick conversation about it. She said she'd send me an email explaining how to do this because it's not my line of work. My line of work is to talk and just, you know, to entertain people (sighs) and run businesses. Oh, you don't even know the half of it yet. I haven't gotten there. I get this email from her after we spoke. And at the end of the email, she says to me, you aren't by any chance the Robin Marshall that wrote the book, The Diary of a Sugar Mom. Are you? And my eyes just about bugged out of my head. How in the world would this woman? I wrote the book when I was in Dallas and in South Carolina. Yes, it came out on Amazon. It did very well, like number one or number two in the categories of working women and and a couple other things. But it was a specialty kind of book. It was a from the heart book that I really had hoped would turn into a screenplay. It was just like a book that I wrote from the heart that wasn't all fiction and it wasn't all fact. I called it faction and I wrote it for a reason. I just needed to vent and I needed something to give me a step up in my career something that would call attention to what I'm about and what I'm doing, and it worked. So I wound up with this fabulous job after writing this book, but back to what I'm saying. She says this to me in the email. She, by the way, is the wife of a major league baseball player, and I'm not going to mention his name. She spends the weekends traveling with her two toddlers while her husband is on the bench or playing or hurt or all of this stuff that she has to go through as a baseball player's wife. And so I was taken aback by that question. And I said to her, how in the world did you find the book? And and she says to me, that book was truly amazing. And right then and there, you know, that woman gets me because there's no way you can read that book and say you like it if you're not like me. If you're a wallflower, you would never even address the fact that you think you read my book. So you know this woman's got it going on. And then I told her, you know, I also have this podcast that I was doing for quite a while, and I took a break from it because, you know, whatever reasons I had. And she says, what's the name of the podcast? And I told her, and then I was supposed to have answered these papers that she sent, filled them out, read the instructions. I ran out of time today. So I wrote her today at the end of the day. And I said, tell me where to send the money. I don't want you to think I'm avoiding this. I will fill out the papers. I will read everything. I just can't focus right now because I'm in the middle of a thousand different things. And she said to me, don't for one second think, I don't feel that you are the real deal. I listened to a few of your episodes on Sugar Mom by Robin Marshall and she says to me you are a rock star and do you know something that's the first time i've heard anyone throw me an accolade when it comes to the industry in a long time you know my husband will tell me how much he loves me and and how his life would never be the same without me and you know, that's, that's an accolade of love and, and endearment. But this is someone who is a professional, who read my book, who listened to my podcasts and threw those words in my direction. And then she said, and if you don't believe me, I let my husband, Mr. Baseball Player, hear the podcast too. And his words were, wow. And he meant it. And it just inspired me to get up again and start this over again. Why shouldn't I be talking about how a woman feels that's reached the age of 60, who's gone through a million diseases over and over again, who's had a child that's gone through cancer, given birth to five kids, had her first grandson two months ago. What in the world am I shutting my mouth for? Now, of all times, it's time for me to open up. It's time for me to tell you, remind you, please, for God's sake, go get your mammogram. Don't skip your yearly gynecological appointment. Go to your primary care physician. Encourage your husband to do the same. And be proactive with your children. Most of all, even though that's the most important part, Learn to let yourself go. Don't try to be someone you're not. If you're not happy where you are, fix it. And if the person that you're with refuses to help you fix it, try and explain to them that they must be on the same page. And if they can't be on the same page, don't let them hold you back. Go do what you need to do to make yourself feel like the woman you are. Remember what it used to feel like? To dance on that lit dance floor with platform shoes and short dresses and the music blasting. How sexy you felt. How enticing you felt to the person next to you. How you could whisper in anyone's ear and stop them dead in their tracks. You can still do it. Don't let age or the person you're with deter you and stop you from being that person. Now, I'm going to end this by saying I'd been in the radio industry for 35 years. I created a division for two national radio broadcast companies that went sky high and made them millions. That division was let go. And, you know, everybody says, that's radio. But, you know, I sort of held a grudge against them because I built it for them. And I I brought all these people up and made them superstars and made them feel special because of their talent. And it's very rare today in the radio industry to have anyone that is, uh, I guess, a leader, someone that can make you feel proud of yourself. And I did that for seven years. So that ended. And when you lose your job, you sort of have this empty space that you don't know what to do with. You look around, you know you're probably too old to fill the same kind of position, especially when that position no longer exists in the industry because everything is downsizing. And then you get hit with a pandemic. And then you realize that you're just not a spring chicken anymore, even though you still look good and you sound the same. It doesn't matter. They can get somebody for half the price that's twice as young. (laughs) And you either let it happen Or you venture out into something new. And that's what I'm suggesting you do. I did it! I'm an artist. I was an artist when I was in high school and I forgot about it. Guess who reminded me? My son. Because he is an artist. And where the hell do you think he got it from? I don't know. Sometimes I baffle myself. All I did was pick up a brush and I started painting. And Lord knows... The talent was there. It was just like hiding under the surface. And less than a year later, I'm in two major alliances in Florida, art institutes, and I'm owning a space in a beautifully chic gallery in the Treasure Coast of Florida. I mean, that's freaking amazing for a woman my age who's been sick and is still sick And I'm encouraging everybody else to try and find their niche, too. I'm happiest when I'm doing two things. Sex could be the third thing, but I'm not going there. Because if my children are listening, I just blew those relationships for at least a month. The two things, talking, encouraging, listening, those equal one. And the other is painting. I don't need music I don't need any background noise at all when I'm painting. And I'm just happy. It makes me happy. And that's what I want for you. Something that makes you happy. That reminds you of who you were. Or keeps you as strong as you are. All right. I've talked myself out. My husband's going to be home any minute. It's like I never have time to be by myself to make these podcasts because he's always here. So I waited till he has a chore and I pray he doesn't come back within at least a half an hour so I can talk about him if I want to. But I know he's going to hear it anyway. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm going to continue this weekly. And if I can remember how to upload it, you'll hear it soon. I'm just so grateful that you're still here. You know, at one point we had... I don't know, 14,000 people that were listening. And I'm going to tell you a secret. Most of the people that are with you and me are women. But there are a lot of men out there that are like flies on the wall that want to know what their wives and girlfriends are thinking. So I tell them what I think they should hear. (laughs) And if you listen, I have 150 podcasts. In this Sugar Mom by Robin Marshall podcast, a hundred and fifty. And some of them are pretty down and dirty. And these men can't believe that their wives think the same way that I do. Better late than never that they learn. I'll talk to you next week, and I'm so glad to be back with you. It's Robin Marshall. And some people call me Sugar Mom. <laughs>